Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. This isn't Exodus, it's our series, but our sermon to you last week was titled, Watch Out, Here We Come. And today, this is part two of Watch Out, Here We Come. Watch Out, Here We Come. And I thought I would finish this um, series within a series, like we have a mini-series happening here. Um, I thought I'll finish it today, but I don't think I will, all right? I don't think I will finish um, this Watch Out, Here We Come um, mini-series of today. But I want to get focused and I want to get moving. I got a few things I want to uh, lay upon your hearts um, today. But let's go ahead and read the scripture so we'll have a foundation where our thoughts come from today. Acts the first chapter. I'm going to begin reading at verse 4. At verse 4. And we're going to go all the way down to verse uh, uh, 14 or so, something like that. Amen. Uh, verse 4. Let's begin reading at verse 4. And it says, And being assembled together with them, uh, with them, that's Jesus, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when therefore, uh, therefore, uh, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom uh, to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly, fastly toward heaven, and as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taking up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. All right. Uh, and I read this final verse. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olives, which is from Jerusalem at the Sabbath day journey. And I'll pause right there. Father, I thank you again for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to teach and to preach. Give us articulation of your mind, articulation and understanding for the text. Thank you for the anointing to be upon the hearers today. Your word says, he that hath an ear, we know that's not physical ear, but a heart to hear, let him hear. We ask you for these blessings in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It is necessary today as I open up part two that I give you a recap of part one. One, because I believe it's a good gesture, almost like a teaching type setting when you're continuing a series to catch people up. So just in case you didn't uh, catch up on, on last week's sermon, you get a little tidbits today. And even if you did and you kind of miss a few pieces, uh, I'll give you a few nuggets to remember. All right. So last Sunday, again, we commemorated Pentecostal Sunday, that moment of history when the promise and gift of the Holy Spirit was given to the early New Testament church. Uh, our focus on last week was to, to, uh, to cover the technical, technical aspects of, of our personal lives and what it takes to be a recipient of the Holy Ghost. 
All right. We was being technical last last week on the technicalities of being a recipient of the Holy Ghost and what it looks like also to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ ambassador of Jesus Christ all right and we begin to discover on last week um, through Matthew the third chapter and discovering um, John the Baptist ministry that it takes repentance to receive the presence of God John the Baptist went about preaching the word of God and stating repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand all right and so repentance opens not just our heart towards God but it also opens God towards us and so it takes repentance to move into the presence of God. Uh, no one is even grandfathered in into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a good man and he came to Jesus and asked Jesus, what does it take a man to be born again? And Jesus told him he must be born of the water and of spirit. Amen. Would mean you're not even you're not even grandfathered in because you're already a devout Jew. You, If you want to be a part of what God is doing, you got to follow him every step of the way. John the Baptist repeats the same thing to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jews of that time. He tells them that no one is grandfathered in to the kingdom. No one is grandfathered in. You must repent. John the Baptist says, and think not to yourselves, is what he says. You have Abraham to your father. And so many of them will come up with heritage and heritage. I'm a descendant of Abraham. Okay, that made you know the Mosaic law. That made you know the Old Testament. But if you want to understand and the spirit move you must move with God and you must repent to move into the kingdom of God we also learn that it takes confession of sin and baptism unto repentance this is what the ministry of John the Baptist was all right uh, confession of sin and baptize baptism unto repentance John the Baptist also mentions that there is also another baptism not the baptism of water but after the baptism of water or let me say it besides the baptism of water all right another baptism all right everybody put that on your timeline another baptism all right is as after the baptism of water or it's besides the baptism or in addition to the baptism of water the reason i said besides because sometimes many people receive the baptism of the holy ghost before they are baptized into water and that's in the book of acts all right so, so if you just think it has to be just a step-by-step -step process that god won't honor a clean heart and a clean life and somebody who wants him to be uh, wants him to be in their heart before they're baptized you're wrong he'll come in and fill them with the spirit and fill them with the holy ghost before they are baptized into water unto repentance it's in the book of acts all right and so it's uh, it comes either after baptism of water or i feel like teaching real good today i feel it today i don't think i'm gonna preach i'm thinking i'm gonna feel a little teaching to lay it out all right after the baptism of water or in addition to the baptism or besides the baptism of water this is what john says to establish it he says i indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize. 
baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So we learned that the Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and with fire. We also learned that when Jesus comes to baptize us, it says his fan is in his hand. For those who wonder where I am in Matthew, the third chapter, you can just stay right there. I'm just going through a summary, but I wanted you to know it's Matthew, third chapter. I'm at verse 12. I'm just wanting you to know it said his fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor. It's another technical aspect of being filled. It means that when he comes to fill us, as a part of the filling is a cleansing. How many of y'all going to take a vessel and pour good water in a dirty vessel? Come on, I don't care how much you want to drink out of that vessel. The first you got to do is clean that vessel or clean that container. So when Jesus comes to baptize us, one of his first sessions or first phases of baptizing us is to cleanse us. It says his fork or his fan is in his hand. The fan is a winnowing fork. It's actually an agricultural tool. It's talking about he will come to harvest us for the kingdom. It means that like a harvester, they will put the pitchfork is a, a winnowing fork. Uh, it's almost like a rake. It's almost like a rake. You've probably seen a scarecrow um, holding up a, a winnowing fork, a big old fork, and it's kind of separated. It's not as, as much as a rake. But but uh, this winnowing fork, they would dig into the, ba the batch of wheat, and they would throw the wheat up in the air, and the wind, between the thrashing and the wind, it would separate the wheat from the shaft. And so the shaft is what's no good. That's the flesh. But the wheat is what is harvest. That is the spirit. And it represents that Jesus will clean us up so he can fill us up. Jesus will clean us up so he can fill us up. It's some of the technical aspects of being filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. And so there's a necessity to be purged, cleansed, and sanctified when we are being filled with the Holy Ghost. We also learn that in order to be filled with the spirit, we have to learn how to master the perfect way of obedience when we are tempted. Meaning, we master obedience when we are tempted. We pass the test when we are tempted. And I already said to you, you got to pass this test. If you're going to grow and show that the Spirit is leading your life, you're going to have to pass these tests of temptation. Jesus was sent right after baptism with John. Jesus was sent into the wilderness. Hallelujah. Not on his own but watch this he was led of the spirit to be tempted hallelujah uh, he was led he was filled with the spirit and then led of the spirit to be tempted in the wilderness here's the principle watch me closely here's the principle whatever you are filled with you will be led by Jesus was filled with the spirit and led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. All right. He was filled. So whatever you feel with, you'll be led by. If you feel a negativity, guess what? You're going to be led by negativity. Don't be telling why you don't know where that come from. It was in you. If you don't want it to be coming out of you, get it out of you. Come on. If you don't want it to come out, get it out. Come on. If you don't want it to come out, get it out. Whatever you are filled with, come on, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaketh. Come on. And so whatever Jesus was filled with, he was led by. And he went into this wilderness.
wilderness to show us that through the spirit we can overcome temptations all right through the spirit what it looks like in a spirit-filled believer's life this is it this is one of the tests is that we overcome temptation it doesn't mean that we don't have an opportunity where we may not get it right i'm gonna get it there soon hallelujah i'm gonna get there and talking i'm gonna get there in a second hallelujah but but we'll, we'll, we'll i'm gonna get tell somebody i'm gonna get there in a second i felt that if you failed your test they'll tell them i'm gonna get there in a second i'm going to show you that the spirit in me the holy spirit will win this temptation that when i get into this wilderness i'm not gonna get in this wilderness and lose my reputation and lose my witness and lose the power of god i'm gonna win in whatever is tempting me i'm going to overcome whatever is subduing me and all three temptations Jesus repeats it is written in all three rebukes to Satan he said it is written it shows us again that whatever you are filled with will be led by Jesus was filled with the spirit and he was filled with the word all right the word and the spirit works together the bible said the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life all right so it's the spirit and the word that works together for us to win the spirit and the word works together for our victory you need the spirit in you in order to have power the bible says and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Thank you, Mother Davis, for the amen there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't nothing like preaching to have your mama right there to say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Felt like a womb I came out of. Hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. Feel good right there. Thank you. But it says, take the sword. Hallelujah. Take the sword of the spirit. It means take it. Put it in your hand. If you're going to win this race and walk in the spirit, you're going to have to learn to cut up some stuff. Hallelujah. You're going to have to learn to be a warfaring believer. You're going to have to learn how to swing the word of God. Take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God Hebrews 4 and 12 also says for the word of God is quick it is quick and it is powerful I want you to catch these adjectives it is quick it is powerful it is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even into the dividing dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts those six things and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart so now we understand when we get into the wilderness and get into our our temptation we got to start quoting the word using the word and the spirit works together and when the word get to work it's quick it's powerful it's sharper it's piercing it's dividing of the soul and the spirit and it's a discerner that's how you're gonna win tell somebody that's how you're gonna win hallelujah that's how you're going to win and you're going to have to start swinging the sword of the spirit we also had a technicality that we learned as believers that we must identify the right attitudes we have and we're going to walk in the spirit and be filled with the spirit jesus says to his disciples that you this is these are the attitudes you should have here are the attitudes the attitudes you should have is called the be attitudes he concludes it by saying you are the salt of the earth it helps us to understand what our role is we preserve the earth he also said you are the light of the world it represents that there is darkness in the world but I've put you as a representative to be light and then he says stop hiding believers let your light so shine before men that you may that he, that ye may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven these are some of the technical aspects of a person as we begin to understand what it is to be filled with the spirit we carry these technicalities over to the 
the aspect what we will learn today about relationship. It takes certain relationships individually to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus in Acts 1, when Jesus is assembled with the disciples, he's getting ready to be ascended. But he's done many things for them, for them to understand the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He's tried to teach them, and y'all can remember, after he was risen from the grave, hallelujah, y'all can remember, and Mary went to tell everybody that he is not dead, he is risen. And you remember after that time, Jesus was walking through walls and walking and showing up into rooms. And y'all can remember a few times that, that he fed them and he cooked fish and all this kind of stuff after in his transfigured body. All these times he's trying to prove to them and get their emotions ready for what they've experienced. They never experienced no resurrection. They never. Come on now. Come on now. It takes some of us just to believe the truth that Jesus can still raise from the dead. That takes a great level of a measure of faith so imagine these disciples uh, know that he was crucified saw that he was crucified saw that he was bloody and beaten and then in the next day three days later uh, a few a few days later here he is showing up teaching them one moment they're afraid and he walks in and it gives them impartation and said receive ye the holy ghost he does all these things and all types of infallible proofs to prove to them that this gospel is real and the holy ghost and the comforter is real as well all right and so he tries to help them in this moment and what he says to them is good look I'm about to leave and here we go I'm about to leave but I want you to know this I want you to know this while you're assembled I'm going to wait for the promise of the father which you which I've said you've heard of me so now he says I want you to wait for this promise for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence notice again Jesus is repeating these things when you have to push somebody into a new realm, sometimes you have to keep repeating stuff. You'll be surprised how many people are only water baptized and not filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be, you'll be surprised how many people are still stuck at the metamorphosis and the transformation that happens when you are filled with the Spirit. There are still Christian believers who have a hard time believing that there is a filling of the Spirit. They confuse being baptized into the universal, universal body of Christ, meaning when you accept Jesus, you are a universal Christian, no matter if you're Asian and Chinese, uh, no matter what country you come from, Africa, Bahamas, if you're a Christian, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature worldwide. We're not talking about the baptism of into the universal body of Christ. We're not talking about the baptism of water. There are still Christians who are stuck at first base or second. All right, they're saved. We are saved, but they have not been filled with the Spirit. And the distinction of being filled with the Spirit, Jesus has to slow it down. And here it goes. He began to tell them wait here because you're going to be baptized with water J baptized with the spirit excuse me John baptized you with water and he repeats that to let you know that was correct that was true and I repeat it but not many days hence you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost he's trying to get them ready for being receivers and many of them are distracted and I believe God wants to help distracted believers look at verse 6 when they therefore will come together they asked of him Jesus saying Lord will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel so Jesus just talked to them about the John, John uh, the baptizer being baptized in water and then waiting for the Holy Ghost and immediately they go back to, to historic prophecy 
they go back to historic prophecy. Jesus is trying to move them forward into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they have education and their intellect is now messing with their ability to receive by faith. They are distracted legitimately by scripture. They know prophecy and now they ask Jesus, hey, is this the time will you restore the kingdom of Israel? This is what he says in verse 7. Walk with me. We're moving really quickly and good. This is good. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power. He says, so hold. Now you're worried about things I'm not trying to tell you to do. I'm trying to get you filled with the Holy Ghost and you keep wanting to talk about Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is good. Hold on to that. But I'm trying to get you filled so you can walk in my stead and you can be the light of the world. And they keep wanting to go back to Bible prophecy. And he says it's not under your authority and worried about the times and the seasons. We got too many Christian believers sitting on the sideline criticizing moving believers i'm talking about we got stuck believers criticizing mobile believers people who moving in power moving in strength but everybody else is still looking at old testament trying to measure everybody are you right you ain't saved you ain't delivered and they too busy trying to judge everything from historic prophecy that they don't have the spirit to be able to discern what they should be doing but he said it's not under your power to worry about the times and the season another way of saying it is it's not not your power and it's not your business get focused get focused ADHD saints get focused distracted saints get yourself focused and get focused on your mission and focus on your assignment I ain't mean to call you that forgive me hallelujah but get your get your focus back on what Jesus wants out of the believer he want us filled come on I'm in verse 7 he says that, that is listen to listen to separation verse 7 the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So that's what the Father has maintained and held. Let me pause to say, if you hear anybody talk about Jesus is coming back tomorrow, I don't, you don't have to even tell me or not if they are a real prophet or not. I'll tell you right now, they are not. Well, Pastor Joe, you don't know them. You don't know. Um, they did a miracle just like Jesus. They turned water to wine. Don't, well, I don't care what they did. I don't care if they turned water to wine. I don't care if they made a horse a cow. I don't care what they did. Uh, the Bible says, no man knoweth the day or the hour when the Son of Man shall appear. And it also says, it's in the Father's hour when those times and seasons will come. And then he went to another scripture to tell us, he ain't telling no Nobody when the time or the season is. You know what happened? If he told you the time and season is, you would do just like you used to do when you was a little child and your mama went to work and told you clean the house, wash those dishes and all that kind of stuff. And you thought you knew when your mama was coming home, you sit around all day with your foot put up, mess around on the phone, outside playing hopscotch with your friends, playing jump rope, looking at the time. And the next thing you know, mama done got off early and done pulled up in the driveway and you ain't washed no dishes and you ain't vacuumed no house. See, Jesus knows us better than that he know how we are he know we'll procrastinate procrastinate against the assignment no 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 he want us to be focused not worried about when he come but when he come he'll find me working when he come he'll find me busy you ain't saying it he knows us. <laughs> he knows our mentality. He know he the one created us. He know he gave us intellect, ability, and reason. He know he gave us logic. He said, I got to work with these old Christian believers I done made in my own image who always trying to figure out stuff that ain't their business. Get focused and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Here in verse 8, here's your power, believers. Here's what you're supposed to have. But ye 
shall receive power. I'm pausing so you can understand verse 7 that the rest of that is not your power. Verse 8, here comes your power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So it really helps us to understand that the Holy Ghost that comes upon us is the, makes us a recipient of power. And verse 8, I'm teaching right in the Bible, right in the word, right in the word. And it makes us a witness. When the Bible talks about power, see the worst type of person to be dealing with when you want something done is a person who has no power. That's the worst person to deal with. You come up to the counter and you say, ma'am, I'm here to get such and such done and such and such done. And they look at you in your face like a deer staring in the headlights. And say, huh? Oh, who? Oh, hey, uh huh, uh huh. Like, is this the right place? Yeah, this is the right place. You know what I'm talking about? Give me somebody with some power. Or sometimes you're in some trouble, or you need a waiver, or you need some special favor, or you need something else done. You say, can I go above you and let me find somebody with some power? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, disrespecting customers, services, and representative of companies. I'm not talking about being arrogant. And I just had to help out. You know how some people just, just so mean and stuff approach people. People can't even talk them through to the answer and give them the resolution. They're just so hasty. Give me somebody else. No, just be Paul. Just be patient. Amen. I ain't talking about disrespecting people. I'm talking about after you done talked it through, they still don't have the power. Come on, let's escalate a little bit. It's the worst person to deal with who ain't got no power. Jesus says, the people that I'm going to get to carry this gospel will be witnesses. See, the greatest person to put on the witness stand is a witness, somebody who's seen it. Don't be calling up somebody who all messed up, got a jacked up past, ain't been redeemed from it, all messed up, looking all shady. Come on, that's how people get free and get off the hook. Amen. They bring up these crazy witnesses on the witness stand. And next thing you know, the, uh, the opposite side done looked up their background and discredited them. And the next thing you know, they whispering to each other on the side like, I didn't know that. Did you know that? about him shoot man we thought he was credible right we need a credible witness inside the church he's called us to be witnesses both in jerusalem in judea and samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth we are called to be witnesses this power helps distracted believers to receive power to be witnesses verse 9 and when he had thus uh, had spoken these things while he beheld while they beheld looking at him they was looking at him while he was talking he He's telling them you're about to get the Holy Ghost. And while they're looking at him, all right, and he's talking, he is taken up. So imagine your leader is now transferred. And now who you've been looking to for instruction into a physical form has been taken up. And now you got to wait for him to uh, be him to transfer and make you a recipient of what he will give you in spiritual form. So now they're looking at him in physical form and he's taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Oh my God, where he went. He told us we're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, with power. We're going to be witnesses. And the person I'm looking to is telling me that it's gone. All right. And God has removed that from their sight so now they can move and start trusting him for the spiritual move you with me I'm in verse uh, verse 10 and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel these two white men are representative of God they are angels all right these represent angels behold all right the word the reason we know that is angels because they use the word behold it means all of a sudden all right behold sent from heaven angels two men stood by them with white uh, apparel so now listen here now God is trying to give them a bridge into the spirit Jesus is physically taken from them but now God sends angels angels make them say oh spiritual manifestation 
It, it begins to raise and elevate their thinking and their mentality. And God sends angels, we know, to assist us to fulfill purpose and the plan of God. These distracted believers, these stuck believers, needed spiritual assistance, a push to believe. Come on. Just like when the angel came to Mary and told us this thing that you shall have shall be conceived by the Holy Ghost. Come on. She needed help to believe that she's going to get pregnant without knowing a man. Come on. This is supernatural. How in the world I'm going to get pregnant seeing that I know not a man. I ain't been with nobody. Come on now. I ain't been nowhere. Nah, Joseph ain't did nothing to me. We good. We getting married. We waiting on something. Hallelujah. But right now, come on, we espouse to be married. We espouse. We engage. We're working on it. But we ain't there yet. Hallelujah. Catch it in the spirit. Hallelujah. Catch it in the spirit. We ain't there yet, but we on our way. Hallelujah. I ain't touched nobody. Come on. That's what she said. How did this thing gonna happen? Said, An angel came to assist her with believing. Hallelujah. I was talking two things. The people who need to catch it caught it. In Jesus' name we know angels come to assist us alright in verse 11 which also said this angel two angels says ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven alright can you see this picture can you see this picture Jesus just told them you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost thank you so much Jesus told them you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost Jesus told them you'll be filled with power and you're going to be a witnesses we witness he's taken up into heaven the angel come is besides them and now the angels got to talk to them and they're like this uh, looking up into heaven you saw that? He gone. Wow. Man, that was amazing. And the angels come and say, why are you still standing here gazing up into the sky? He says, it, it, you are off assignment. You got to get ready to be filled. You got to get ready to get your expectation right. He says to them, they say to them, verse 11, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So as you have seen him go into heaven, just like light, lightning and descend, and ascend it, he will also descend back into the earth. This represents again, the stuck believers because they don't have the experience spiritually they don't have the experience spiritually in the spirit realm all right they lack spiritual experience they are still looking up for jesus to return and it ain't time for him to return all right and so many times we got to learn hallelujah not to be a distracted believer and not to be people who cannot move along with the spirit of god today my focus was just to give you these simple uh, relationship aspects of how to move into the presence of the Lord relationship aspects with us and God we're getting ready to move into a further deeper aspect of relationship uh, 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 on the following week about the Holy Ghost but I have to take you step by step there are people who are still stuck at water baptism you're saved you're a Christian you believe in Jesus but you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit one of the ways we can judge also if we've been filled with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit produces fruit. Now the Bible declares in Acts 2, and I'll go forward just to prove my point and come back. The Bible declares that in the early church, when they were filled with the Spirit, they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. I believe and I teach according to what the Bible kind of shows us is that if you are filled with the Spirit, you will have a manifestation of the Spirit. You will have a manifestation of joy and boldness and peace. And many times, like when people feel the Spirit, they begin to prophesy, declare the works of the Lord. And so sometimes when you're filled in the Spirit, it always don't represent the manifestation of tongues. It says in Acts 2, as the Spirit gave utterance. It means the Spirit is in control of the manifestation of the, of the gift and the evidence 
of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But we know if you have the Holy Ghost, you will have fruit. We know if you have the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, that you'll be able to speak in tongues. We know that the Spirit will make utterance. The Spirit is the one that, de- that drives and the Spirit is the one that determines the manifestation of the Spirit. But you will have a manifestation in your life, a witness in your life that the Spirit is living and breathing through you. And today, my teaching, part two of Watch Out, Here We Come. It's about believers that's taken over the world. Believers who are walking in kingdom purpose. Believers who recognize that Jesus is Lord. Believers that recognize the power and the presence of God. Believers who walk recognize the spirit is for us today. I was talking to a man and he told me he ran into a preacher that didn't even believe. A pastor that did not even believe that the spirit of God was for today. And I read nowhere in scripture that the spirit ended on the day of Pentecost. It's given to all those who believe. The Bible says that. It's given to all those who will ask for it. All those who will ask for it. And I want you to lift your hands where we are, where you are today. I said in my teaching today that the spirit and the word works together. Sometimes it's hard to move with the spirit because you don't have enough word based in your mind. Enough word based in your heart. So hopefully today I gave you word to help you help you understand what it is to be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hopefully I gave you enough word to help you. If you're today and you're a Christian believer, you've already saved, repented in the pardon of your sins. But what you have not done is move to say father fill me with the holy spirit true enough you cannot come to the father unless he, he draws you so that means the spirit is at work in your decision making in your decision making to accept christ but the spirit is not finished just in your decision making the spirit wants to fill you we'll talk about it even more but i'll mention today even to those who've been filled there are many feelings and those who've been a part of truth gathers for a few days a few months a few years and hope me, heard me teach on the feeling of the Holy Ghost. You know there are many refillings. Meaning that you need to be constantly poured into by the presence. Why? Because you can grow, you can grow and go dry. You can grow and go dry of the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is like a filling. Come on, it's described like a filling. Like it's liquid. It's, Jesus even said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water so the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit is even described like a flow like a river right so that means that you can have high rivers and low rivers and sometimes you can tell when you're getting low in the Holy Ghost because your attitude is real bad you, you can't handle you can't handle nothing you're frustrated you're about to go back to your past I said that all of you to understand how the Spirit works and today I believe some of you is going to start moving into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to start seeing the manifestation. Will you lift your hands? We want to welcome the Holy Spirit. We want him to fill us up today. We want us to outpour into our hearts and into our minds. We want him to overflow in our lives. Father, we want to be moved from being a distracted believer. And we want to do just like you said. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. And be witnesses unto me. You told them to go in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. 
same thing for us God let us be filled today I want everybody who's watching everybody who's hearing everybody who's understanding me I want you to begin to pray that right now personally right now you don't have to close your eyes but if you want to begin to pray that you feel pray that you feel feel me Holy Spirit there's something you want me to do to be salt in the earth I can only do it if I'm filled come on come on pray pray for yourself to be filled hallelujah I pray that I will be filled with knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord I pray that I will be filled with the Holy Spirit whatever I'm filled with I'll be led by I don't, I don't be filled with junk I don't be filled with negativity I don't be filled with joy and peace I don't be filled with the Spirit because I'm filled with the Spirit I'll be led by the Spirit fill me up Holy Spirit fill me up till I overflow fill me up so I can help someone else fill me up so my own life is a witness to your power not just speaking to us speaking to other people and I myself be a castaway let not be so let that not be so I'm praying for myself you should be praying for yourself don't let me preach to others and they get redeemed and I myself be a castaway and I myself be lost but let me be a witness of the same thing that I'm handing off to people the same thing that I'm preaching and telling other people let me be a witness fill me with your presence till I overflow hallelujah I want to run over come on in your homes you're praying fill me Lord fill me with the Holy Ghost fill me with the Holy Spirit fill me with the presence of God fill me fill me I'm coming through this because the Spirit's going to fill me I'm coming I'm overcoming temptation because the Spirit's going to fill me I know the Word and the Word and the Spirit works together and I'm going to win hallelujah glory to God I'm going to win hallelujah in the name of Jesus hallelujah thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that makes us witnesses we are bona fide witnesses we are not hypocrites I said we are not hypocrites we have our bona fide believers born of the water and born of the spirit fill us up till we overflow fill us up till we overflow in the name of Jesus we pray that you will be ye filled with the Holy Ghost be ye filled with the Holy Spirit let your mind be regenerated that means transformed that means delivered that means metamorphosized that means turned around let your mind be renewed by the presence of the Lord that you may prove that's that witness as Romans 12 verse 2 that you may prove transformed that you may prove that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do Till I overflow, I wanna run. Come on, let's worship. And we're praying for those who are listening as well. Who have not accepted Jesus. If you're hearing me and you have not accepted Jesus, we want you to come back. Elder Ezekiel preached a wonderful message on Wednesday titled, This is an Exodus from what you got yourself into. Described the prodigal son, described David and his sin with Bathsheba, but how God transformed, transformed both of those characters, those people, those men, as they trust Jesus for salvation. So, no matter what you've gotten yourself into, Jesus is a healer and a deliverer, and He will set you free. 
hallelujah i'm a witness that you can come back to christ i'm a witness that you can repent many times I, I, I never try to preach or teach as if I got it right the first time because it's just not true. I never try to preach and teach as if the first time I accepted Jesus meant that was it and I ain't never had to repent again, be renewed again, come back again. I never do because that's not my testimony. My testimony is a testimony of his patience, of his love, of his forgiveness, of his mercy. And I preach and I teach it every time. Hallelujah. I'm not worried about getting a trophy, putting it in a, in a case somewhere, framing it in to say on the day I got saved, I ain't never had to get myself back together again. I'm not worried about trophies in the spirit. I'm worried about being right with God. And I'm saying that for somebody who's falling back into the wrong place, that you will come back to Christ today, that you renew yourself today. Take this moment by faith. Take it. It's yours. So Pastor Joe, I'm the one, put it in the timeline, I'm coming back to Christ. I'm coming back to the word. I'm coming back to church when the church opens up. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the faith. I'm coming back to the word. I'm coming back to righteous living. I left righteous living. I got tired of living righteously. I got tired of the temptations. I just gave up to it. That's maybe your testimony. You just gave up. But you're coming back. And the Holy Spirit is here to draw you. And so, Father, I pray for that person who's confessing and repenting and returning by the presence of the Lord today and coming back to be renewed. And we thank you that you are a forgiver. You will forgive. If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, praise God. We thank God today for the word. This is an exodus. Watch out. Here we come, part two. I'll be presenting part three real soon. But I want you to stay with us, all of our friends and partners, our members, and those who are online with us. Stay connected with us, especially stay connected to us. We will be sending out more information this month towards the end as our leaders get together and we plan a great grand reopening. God always has new things for us to do. And I'm so excited about what God wants us to do as we reopen. I almost want to tell you certain things. But because we hadn't sat down and planned it, and then we're going to get some ideas from our leaders at the table, and corporately we'll develop it, all right? I'm not doing it by myself. I can't afford to lead this great church by myself. There are too many anointed men and women of God. There are too many people of great intellect and wisdom for me to just do everything by myself. Amen. But we lead. They help me lead. And we'll come together in the next couple of weeks and um, do what we need to do so if you hadn't taken a survey this is your final moment to get out there the next day or two and finish it out because if we're going to pull down all the results it, it gives you the opportunity to share where you are share what you think and we'll take all of that and we'll come up with the right plan based on people and based on presence all right we don't believe people control presence, but we try to get presence and people to match up, all right? So again, the survey is not for you to tell us what to do, but tell us where you are. Gotta talk to people, amen. They think surveys, some people think surveys mean it's, I get to tell the pastor what to do or tell the church what to do. No, it's to get feedback, all right? We don't believe that people control presence. All right, presence is what leads people, but the things have to mesh together. So your feedback is so crucial. All right, so participate at your level. All right, and we love you so much. Take that survey. We'll send it out one more time, just in case it got lost in your spam or your inside your email. We'll send that out. 
and we want you to be a part of our great grand reopening. We got a wonderful plan. Guys, know it's going to bless you whether you come back to the house or whether you stay online for this season. So, Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that you got us in the month of June. The month of June represents kingdom purpose and destiny. Thank you for the many things that will be resolved and settled. Thank you for the time of prayer at 6 a.m. every Monday through Saturday this month. Thank you for the fasting to come in just a few weeks. The time of, of depriving ourselves from natural things that we may gain more spiritual things. We love you today. We thank you for the minstrels and the, the band and the singers. We thank you for the, the text. Hallelujah. And security. Hallelujah. We thank you for everybody online. Because what it is what is it to preach and to minister and nobody watches? What is it to minister and nobody receive? What is it to lead and have no followers? We thank you for this church body. Thank you for the impact you've caused us to make. And thank you for the greater boom that you're sending in this church. Thank you that we're moving from survival to revival. And we give your name so much praise and so much glory. In Jesus' name, amen. See you this Wednesday or see you on Monday morning through Saturday for prayer. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.